0: As I uh, indicated to you just before the break, uh, this wasn't uh, this wasn't planned, but I think it's going to work out very good because um, um, those of you that uh, listen to Million Dollar Agent, the podcast, or have gone to Eric in the past, or know the content that you know Troy, John, and I produce, it is totally in sync with the work that Dr. Fred uh, does in these groups, and. Um, And I much prefer presenting, doing stuff with uh, other people because I just feel like it flows and we're taking advantage of having John, who I would say uh, is without a doubt, uh, I think not in Australia, in the world, the best real estate thought leader. I've said that for 25 years, every time, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And um, (laughs) to make it nice and structured for you, Um, Susan's going to hand out in a moment a one-page plan. And this one-page plan I'd produced for the real estate gym because one of the things that I think in a marketplace like this, I noticed that every real estate agent that's grown their market share are real estate agents who have gone back to the basics, into their core business, and have not participated in the fear and the bullshit and the election and the credit squeeze and that. They just go back to their core stuff and they do stuff that matters. <coughs> and everyone else seems to be spending their time talking about you know, how bad it is. So, um, as you'll see when you get this plan, that for me, real estate is really made up into three phases, just to simplify it. Phase number one is finding people, finding the stock right? It's as simple as that. You can use the word prospecting, you can use the word business development, use the word chase. At the end of the day, phase one in real estate is to find people. And we're going to talk about the three categories that you've got to focus in finding of people. Um, I believe that you've got to work out what your target market is. I think it makes strategic sense that you look at it as a business person and try and have a a farm area that's got uh, good fees in it. And the way that you can work out fees, CoreLogic, realestate.com, all these companies now can help you understand how much fees there are in your marketplace. All you've got to do is work out number of transactions by the average free, and then you can work just no different to what Coca-Cola would. They'll say, there's a company there, there's a a market share available there of 50 million in fees. If we picked up 10%, that would mean we've got $5 million. So it's having a strategic approach. Step number two, in the finding as you're getting this it will make sense as you get your your chart actually i think it's a lot easier instead of you writing on notes you you can use the handout and i'm also going to don't be scared about writing on it because i'll also send you a blank one because i think what you'll want to do is maybe spend more time later creating your own personal blueprint <coughs> number two in the finding is a chase prospecting plan i think that uh, particularly those that aren't uh, black belt real estate agents for me black belt is uh, the two mil business but for those of you that are more you know white and riding 200 300 400 you need to have a very good chase prospecting plan number three under finding is marketing i think when i'm looking at the great real estate agents around. They've either got an incredible prospecting plan or they've built an incredible brand that attracts business to them. Pretty much anyone that's become an attraction agent at some point was a chase agent. Number two in the phase is, and have you guys got a copy? Uh, Susan, have we got any left so we can give John and Troy one as well? So then we've got the nurturing. The (laughs) nurturing to me is you've actually got leads and then those leads go into some sort of system that helps you have a stay in touch strategy with these people. Because it's not like 30 years ago someone opened up the yellow pages, had a look at three agents, called three people in, and they said, okay, you're, you're, there, yeah, yep, yeah, great, I'll pick you. Now, sometimes you have a relationship with people for five years before they come on the market. There was one, someone told me yesterday, it was 16 years. So the issue is you need to have a nurturing system Um, And then at some point, it's been nurtured, and the call comes in, and they say, Troy, can you come in? We're ready to go onto the market. And that's when you do a listing presentation. So that's phase two. Then phase three is in the selling. So you list a property, and then what you do is you market it and we're gonna talk about the various components that are used in marketing, and I, I can't help it. I think that some of the real estate agents in 2019 that are saying, hey, you know, things aren't selling in our area, there's just no buyer inquiry. When you ask the same people, have you done everything, and you do a bit of an audit, you'll find that they have cut some corners. So we're talking about having a 150% comprehensive marketing plan. Then there's vendor management, I think uh, more than ever, that crucial conversation about telling people what they need to hear, not what they like to hear. And it appears that real estate agents that are able to master two conversations, and that is a listing presentation that wins the business, not on price, but on process and trust, that leaves the door open to realign value as feedback comes in. They're the people that are doing well in real estate. And the people that are shit real estate agents that used to go in there and say, yes, you'll get two million for your house. That's what you want. We'll get it. Are coming back to people and saying, oh, the kitchen needs too much work or the bathroom needs too much work. It's on a busy road. Well, hello, the kitchen and the bathroom were exactly the same way when they were listed. Right? So, um, and people don't fall for that bullshit anymore. So they need someone that they can have a quality conversation or a listing presentation and say, we don't have the intel of what the buyers are going to think exactly we're going to be able to review this as time goes by as people come through. And then buyer management, which is a, a hidden art that most people in Sydney and Melbourne didn't worry about for the last three years because the market did the buyer management. So we're also going to go live. So what will happen is I just want to get an okay from you. Are you all okay? We're streaming this as our podcast, which is going to go up later on today. Everyone's good with that? Yep. So can I get a show of hands? Who does listen to Million Dollar Agent Podcast in this room? Okay. Everyone else Must get you? out.
1: No, just joking. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Everyone else get out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so well we we'll hope, hopefully hopefully after this one you're gonna you're gonna tune in every week. Um, it's uh it's it's gotta be Australia's uh, best uh, value real estate training because we still haven't made a cent yet. But <laughs> Susan got us a coffee. But, so um Troy, are we live? We're live. We're live now. We've been live this whole time. Yeah. Okay, well, that would have been useful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so everyone, um, we may have questions at the end of it. Um, And uh, if we do have questions, I might actually rephrase the question so people that are listening to the podcast can hear it. So Troy and John, thank you for coming in today. This is very short notice. Um, and, uh, I want to ask you, I said, uh, I said off air, John, to you, I believe that, um, Sydney, Melbourne, particularly the marketplace has bottomed. I've had real estate agents in Newtown tell me yesterday they had 60 and 70 groups through open for inspections. I've had people sitting in this room, Lucas from uh, the Shire say to me multiple offers on properties. It appears that, um, life has, you know, moved on. There are lots of buyers out there, and I'd love to find out what is the McGrath Network saying to you guys? Yeah, we're, we're finding the same
2: thing. Morning, everybody. Um, we're finding the same thing. I think that... Yeah, it depends which market, because there's many markets at McGrath, there's many markets in the room. I think that overall, the market seems to be back between 5 and 20%, depending on how much it rose beforehand. I was at Townfield yesterday. That's down 5%. Um, but it only rose 10, 15 percent, so it was kind of smaller up, smaller down. I I think that, you know, it's, as we always say, and Fred, you know, I will, um, you know, talk about a lot of things that Fred taught me over the years, because sitting in this classroom, as you guys are doing, changed my life 20 years ago, so uh, I don't apologise for saying that, and I always credit Fred for saying it, but um, the inner market, which is one of Fred's concepts, and I'm sure he's exposed to you, it's like, what are you doing inside the market? It doesn't really matter what the market's doing. It's how attractive are you in the market today. So a great agent in this room, to be a world-class agent, has got to sell six, seven, eight a month or something like that, I guess yeah. gives you 100 a year, puts you probably in the top 0.1 of a percent or something like that. And in every community you're in, I would imagine there's many, many more sales than that transacting each month. So the question is, what is your market share? What is the attractiveness? And just across the way there, we've got Pete Chauncey, who's on 83% um, last year. Market share, so, you know, that's about as high as I've heard in Australia in a market. I think Chris Gilmore used to be kind of 75%, 80% or yeah. something in his particular market. But most people I speak to are single-digit market share. <coughs> 5%, 7%, 9%, maybe the better ones are at 12 to 15%, which means that 85 out of 100 people in your community don't use you. Hey, Alan. Um, don't use you. So, you know, from my perspective, this is a really good conversation to have because I think that, yes, I think the markets, in most parts, certainly in Sydney, is probably at or around the bottom. <coughs> I think post the federal election, there's going to be a bit of a spurt with people looking to buy because the Labor is likely to get in and they're going to look to buy prior to 1st January. So there's going to be a bit of an I- investor-driven spurt. I think there's the Reserve Bank's going to drop interest rates half a percent between now and Christmas and that'll make it for the people that have got good businesses or in secure employment, that'll be even more <coughs> attractive. So I think the indicators are probably going to say that, you know, sooner than later we'll be ringing the bell to say that the market's bottomed, for sure. Okay. And you're anecdotally what you're hearing. Yes, we're hearing similar. Um, we're hearing similar. There's probably in Townsville, yes, they've been on the market nine days, had 47 inspections in the first nine days. That's Townsville. You know, very different market to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. So, uh, yeah. But really the real question is, what are you guys doing in the market? Mm. You know, the only thing stopping you from having 83% market share is you. And I know that's why you know I love the work that Fred and Victoria have done with us over the years, because it makes you take responsibility for your results rather than looking at the market, the environment, the competitors, the other things that tend to be. I remember Fred gave a session one of the early days, he says, write down all the things that are holding you back. And you know, some bloke held up the list and there was like three pages and he wasn't on the list, You know. Mm. And Fred said, well, the problem is the only thing that's holding you back, in my opinion, is not on the list, and it's you. And he's looking at the list, he's saying, shit, I'm not on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that is real, you know, it's like, how market attractive are you? Zero to ten as a prospector, Yeah, know we're going to talk about that. Lister, seller, if you say they're the three key activities. Most people I talk to are a two out of ten at prospecting. This is their self, self-appraisal, self are a, Five or six out of ten at listing, but I suspect some of them are overrating themselves. And there are six to seven out of ten sellers, and I reckon they're overrating themselves too. Marketing, selling, negotiating. So I look at that and I think, well, all you've got to do is be a nine out of ten in, in three areas in your commercial
0: life, and you're going to be in the top income earners in the world so john and troy what i want to do is if we look at you know that phase one under finding and i spent a bit of time talking about your target market and i won't spend too much time i think a lot of the people sitting in this room have got their own core marketplace that they're already working and they don't have to go through um, an exercise though those of you that are unsure the simple exercise is work out total fees in the market and And um, as John's indicated, no matter what's happening in the market, you want to make more money, you take your market share up 10 or 20%, you can make up for the uh, less turnover if there has been less turnover in your market. But John, this issue of point two and three on that uh, plan chase prospecting and marketing i mean they're both important you know there is there are certain amount of real estate agents that build this attraction type business where they've been there for a while they've invested a lot in marketing they've invested a lot in the community they've got a brand i.e matt steinwade's um of the marketplace and they'd get a certain amount of business that comes to them from raving fans or referrals Attraction, attraction but then there's also a group of people that have been in real estate a shorter period of time, two to three years, and they don't have that level of attraction. And I'd love to talk about you know, some of the, 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 the prospecting ideas that you see working and talk a little bit about some of the marketing ideas that you see working. So Yeah, great points. First thing is I don't think it should take you three years to be market attractive.
2: I think if you started in a brand new marketplace tomorrow and we're at the peak of your game from day one, every meeting, every phone conversation, every open, every auction, whatever you're doing, you're at the peak of your game, within six months, you should be starting to get a lot of repeat and referral business. Even if it's people that aren't reselling, obviously, but people that are being knocked out. So Seth Godin use, uses the phrase remarkable service. He says, are you delivering a remarkable service? Meaning, when you deal with someone, do they feel they feel they want to remark upon it tell other people about what a great service experience and uh, you know i have people who've been in the industry 10 years and they're still door knocking and i'm thinking dude yeah nothing wrong with it i applaud your hustle but like why why haven't you got people knocking on your door Mm. would be my question think about that so um i think proactive stuff tommy um the nurture yeah. marketing, that's, sec- that's separate. Yeah. Okay, so, so, marketing. so, John,
0: I mean, one of the things, and uh, uh, Troy, do you, uh, did you want to say something? No, else? I was just
2: going to say that it does come down to a process,
1: and I think when you are chasing, you need to have a process. So what are the three or four, five, six, seven steps that you have in place every time you list a property or every time you go out to appraise a property? Uh, a lot of agents in our business, process. they have, um, you know, they might have a strategy, they do something really well, and then they get busy, and they forget about it for the next market appraisal the next chase so is it calling 150 buyers we speak about peter chauncey a lot and he knows that as soon as he lists a property mm. he's actually then calling 150 of his qualified buyers with his team inviting them to a personal private inspection before the property goes to market those types of activities set you free so
2: it's I- an t- attraction strategy yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting little thing alex mintorn from our Wonga office who's also he's a two million dollar rider and a terrific young guy he did a ghost voicemail from your guys the other day tom and he, he accidentally sent it to 5,000. So it goes voicemail, are you familiar with it? Yeah. yeah. So basically, for those that don't know it, it's like an email blast, but it goes to voicemail as opposed to your email inbox. It diverts you, past your phone, it looks like a missed call, you ring up and it says, Oh, good just want to let you know, sold a great house in Morunga for two million bucks. <coughs> anyway, he did that to, he meant to send it to 500, by mistake, sent it to 5,000, 10 cents each, $500. So it was, it was a good exercise in a sense. He got 11 listings. So, bless you. So, he, you know, interesting that here's a guy who I would say is probably better than most at nurturing and staying in touch with clients, but he got 11, out of 5,000 people, 11 of them called him and listed their
0: property with him in the next 60 days. They definitely worked. Uh, uh, Nicola and uh, uh, Whitney sent out, I think they did your voice as well, as my, they did my voice hey, your about, a, about a month ago, right? And... Um, the next day, uh, I just couldn't get over the amount of SMSs and calls, people <laughs> ringing up. Mate, Tom, really appreciate it. <coughs> and, you know, it came at you know, <coughs> 11 o'clock at night, you know, and um, looking forward to being with And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I had no idea it had gone It had gone out. And I thought, shit, it's world time. Everyone's decided that they're going to book a flight to ARIC. And then I found out that the Tricall... So the company that, you know, I use is called Tricall. Um, and what, what it is, is you record your voice and your voice then goes out as a message straight into the voicemail and you can follow it as a text message. And a lot of estate agents use it for anniversary calls. Um, They use it for um, um, uh, sometimes to update uh, buyers. Um, But what I might do is just run through four or five points that real estate gym members tell me are high on their chase list at the moment. They adore expired listings. It's a strategy that has been long forgotten in real estate. So they adore chase uh, expired listings. And the strategy they seem to use there is help people as a buyer. Because if they help people as a buyer and a relationship's built and rapport's built, a lot of these people then subsequently say, well, if this is the way this person's helping me as a buyer, probably I'd love to have their services as a, as a, a, a listing agent if it expires. And anyone at day 60, in real estate today anyone on and you know john and i when we were in real estate back then john expired listings was about driving down the street taking a note when the board went up and then you know it was a manual process we had to go to the local council look up who owns it and it was very yeah very different back in the dinosaur age but core logic john there's a tab on core logic says day 60 Mm. everything that's got day 60 are properties that have been on the market for 60 days. This is a very clear and simple way to identify who's going to be shopping around for another agent.
2: I'm amazed, Tommy, when I speak and coach, how relatively few people are actually really onto the expires. You can't get a better list of people that have put the signboard out the front saying, I'm trying to sell, 60 days later, I'm still trying to sell, not having much luck. You can read that into the signboard, and yet people don't ring them. And I ask them why they don't ring them, and sometimes they say, I don't want to be pushy. I'm saying, well, hang on. This person's already self-identified. They're trying to sell, and they've also self-identified. They can't sell at the moment, anyway. Doesn't that kind of warrant a, a touch base
0: at least? Um, well, that's a qual- this. This is as qualified. I. Uh, you're right, John. There are people out there door knocking cold, saying to people, um, "Are you thinking of selling your house?" And they will go through 100 door knocks, and one person will say, "Well, look, just come in and." who knows, one day, that every time someone's been on the market, you've got a clear, segmented, targeted audience of people that want to sell a house. Generally speaking, they're actually anxious that they haven't sold because they've been on the months for uh, on the market for quite a while. Um, and they only fall into two categories, Tom. They're either people that called you in and didn't choose you, it's
2: possible, that you missed the listing, or they're people that didn't call you in for whatever reason, didn't know about you, just thought you know someone else is going to be a better fit so if they've called you in and missed the interesting thing is what was your strategy between then and now mm. so adrian Bowe, who's used to sell 120 properties a month yeah if yeah. he misses a listing he sends them a bunch of flowers and a card wishing them well on the sale so most agents what do they do either disgruntled hang up the phone or something more in the negative end he actually sends them the flowers and says best o- best of luck you've chosen a great agent best luck um The best agents, as you just said, Tommy, before, if I can't list your property, whether you ask me or not, because this can apply whether you got called into the listing or not. You know, Tom, I've just noticed your house has hit the market. Well, congratulations. It should sell really well. Um, Can I just check on where you and Sula are moving to? Because I might be able to help you find something either directly or through our network. And then you build a relationship by giving them buyer service. mm so there is no excuse, and this is not about... None of it has lacking of ethics, because I would never chase a listing that's in, that is committed to, legally and ethically, to someone else. I would never interrupt an auction mm. program for, uh, for any desire for self-benefit. But at some point in time, clearly, they start wondering about if they got the right agent. And if you're not putting your hand up saying, I'd love to meet with you, they're going to ring up someone else, probably.
0: John, I get uh, feedback from a lot of real estate agents the evolution of a vendor um, being with one agent and then uh, going through the contemplation stage of, hey, this is not happening with this agent. They sometimes, uh, once they have built rapport, they show up at one of your open for inspections. They come into an open home because they're comparing their home to, to the ones that are open. And, and that's where you end up having a very good piece of dialogue when they're actually at your property, coming mm. in, looking at a property, and they ask you questions about this home and they're saying, Well, it's only been on the market for a few weeks and, you know, you get into a conversation and you say, look, I think it it may probably sell that option in the next couple of weeks. But I think uh, we're just raising awareness that it is a method that is probably Mm underutilised in a marketplace that's got higher days on market and a lower list to sell ratio with the original agent.
2: Is anyone else in the room not doing expireds for a reason that they feel uncomfortable? I mean, I'm sure there are people that probably don't do them. Excuse me, sorry, Tommy, keep going.
0: Okay, I want to move on. So later on over the next two days, I'll give you a lot more bullet points on each of these, but I wanted this to be a free-flying conversation, and I want to move on to marketing. John, on marketing, which has been yours and mine and Troy's preferred methodology of winning business by creating a brand and have people come to you versus that cold-interrupt approach, and working with warmer leads than cold leads. Um, let's talk a little bit. I mean, fundamentally, vendor paid advertising for, formed a big component of marketing. It appeared that real estate agents that marketed good real estate also had a benefit themselves. Yep. But I, I can't like, for instance, realestate.com.au in the last month or two introduced their own um, system of rating agents where they do reviews and testimonials And I am telling you, there's a lot of real estate agents that are telling me they've jumped on and they've got this first move advantage. Mm. Every time a buyer or seller have finished the transaction, an email or text message goes out by the agent and says, I'd love to get some feedback on what you thought the experience was like. And that these reviews and testimonials are now very highly searched engine optimised. Realestate.com is a juggernaut. I don't don't say this because of the relationship uh, that I have with them, but if you actually did a search of your name and the words real estate, what comes up first, generally speaking, is the realestate.com profile, which then underneath has got your reviews and your testimonials. So, um, The other thing, Tommy, is the Google reviews. Google Um, reviews. The the problem with the REA stuff
2: or the rate my agent or go-to agent, they're all... Different names is the only people that respond to people that are invited by you. So, by definition, you're not inviting someone that's not a raving fan. So, my view is at some point the consumers work this out, and Troy's had you know 12 reviews and they're all five star, and I think it lacks the credibility. Therefore, whereas Google reviews basically anyone that's got a Gmail address, as I understand it, correct? Is that right, Troy? Yeah, they can get on. So, you are going to get some complaints, which I think. Well, you're not necessarily going to, but there's a possibility of it, and it's not filtered by the only people that, that review are those that I... So I, I would be encouraging everyone also
0: to get onto Google. And, and you use. made, John, you made a very good point. Uh, you said to me, it actually doesn't look real when all the reviews are good. You actually like the fact that on Google reviews, there's a lot of one-star reviews of restaurants. Well, if you have go got
2: a restaurant and it's got, you know, everyone's a five-star, you tend to think it's family and friends. Yeah. Whereas if you go to a restaurant and there's, you know, a lot of five stars, but a couple of ones and twos that said, geez, the waitress must have had a bad day that day, at least give, it doesn't stop you going generally, but it gives it authenticity. And I think in this day and age, people are looking for that authenticity in an agent, in a restaurant, in a review program. So I think it's, yeah, it's really important. Okay. I
1: think Tom, they're also, and John, they're looking for a point of view.
2: And we've
1: seen the rise and rise again of video, right? Market wraps have become the norm on a weekly basis with a lot of metropolitan agents in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. And I think that's going to translate across to Google. Uh, You mentioned that the the rating system, and if you Google search a name, it'll come up with REA, it'll then come up with YouTube, and then it'll come up with LinkedIn, uh, and then down to Facebook as the third reference. So those that have adopted the video strategy and putting out a lot of content in a positive nature, you do have a point of view. So for those that aren't doing it, um, there's a really big opportunity, I think, in this market. Because it is a little bit of a standstill in some areas. Mm-hmm. And if you're the one that's prom- actively promoting a positive message in the market about what's been happening, the number of inspections, auction results, what's happening in the community, you're definitely going to differentiate yourself against your
0: competitors. Can I ask uh, the level of engagement people are having uh, in their business uh, doing um, videos, market wrap videos? Who does do a market wrap video?
2: Okay. So what's your definition of that, Tommy? Just like a monthly, what's so, happening in the
0: area? Yeah, it's either a quarterly or a monthly or... Um, weekly. Every weekly. Some people are doing weekly. Yeah, where, where yourself is coming out and people are only, only getting a taste of the data and the statistics. Because I do think that data and statistics are so readily available now that people can get access to it. But good real estate agents make it easy and they put it on a platter for consumers in their marketplace to understand. I think some of them, like Federico that's sitting in this room, has this ability where not only does he do a, a market wrap, but in the same video he actually interviews a local business, Perfect. Perfect. a yeah. local cafe, a restaurant, a vet, um, and um, allows a community to be featured in the videos. <coughs> and what actually happens is that local company or that local business gets that video and they put it on all their platforms, which takes you that's in the video exposed to a whole different community. Mm. So video is a very big thing. Yeah, um, we we might even be going down to the third
2: column here, but I think video for all property. Google statistics tell us that 400% engagement, a piece of written content versus a piece of video content about the same topic the video will get four times the engagement and you think about it yourself if you're there and you can read a, a review you know which is this long or you can click on a video which is 60 <laughs> seconds, most people click on the video. So I think video in market reviews critical. I know the pecornis up here at our um, Castle Hill office. Every time they list a the property, Willie Ainsworth does it at Geelong, they, they literally stand out the front and they just say, hey, we've just listed this great home, at Smith Street, it's on the market next week, it's probably going to sell for 650 to 700 love you to come along, it's a three bedroom house on 600 square metres, give me a call if you want to have a sneak preview, otherwise Saturday week. And there, and you see a bit of the house, so you see enough of it, then you see people driving past, so it costs you nothing, easy to do, immediate, gets you in the market, tells people that are thinking of selling, well, wow, that's a smart person getting getting it out. So it's an extra little value add for the vendor. He literally does that as he walks out from signing the agreement. Now, if he can't give away the address, if there's not a contract ready yet, he's got to be mindful of that. But you can still say, I've just listed this great home in Castle Hill and it's coming on the market for 700. Well, probably one. I interviewed him,
0: John, for the real estate gym. And I remember asking the question, do you do door knocking or cold, uh, telephone prospecting? he says, oh, no, I do door knocking, but mine's a digital door knocking. And I said, what do you mean by digital door knocking? He says, every Wednesday... I shoot my video content and that content is then targeted to the right people, not this spray and pray approach. Mm-hmm. I've got a targeted approach that I know that these people are passive vendors and at some point are going to want to be doing business with me and I'm just making sure um, that I've got a touch point with them, right? I clearly remember he says, I yeah. call this a He's difficult You should go
2: and follow him. i follow him on Facebook or ever, Peter Pekorny, I was talking about Will Ainsworth. Oh, Will Ainsworth, same thing, both of them. They're just good examples. The other thing is property video. Now, again, I think if you look at the engagement stats of 400%, if you look at the experience of buyers and you look at the cost effectiveness for a few hundred dollars nowadays, you can get a video in most markets. Um, For me, it's a no-brainer to make that a non-negotiable on the marketing plan and you should present it yourself. And I know a lot of our guys use third-party presenters, which I totally disagree with. Mm. You're damn salespeople. You know, present the place and say, hey, I'm 10 John, what do you
0: say to the guy or girl in this room that says, but I'm not confident. I'm not a newsreader type. Well, get over it. Um,
2: <laughs> you're a salesperson. <laughs> if you are not confident to present the features of a property you might should be looking for another career or something because that's what you do. Now, if you're nervous, great. Everyone's nervous until they're not. So start it, do a few practices at home, get your kids to video you selling your own house and you'll get to a point where you're less nervous. But it, what a great way to present yourself to potential future sellers by looking at videos of properties in their area, which they all do when someone's thinking of selling. First thing they do, go to REA in Domain or wherever, All Homes, click on... Look at the properties that look interesting, look at the floor plan, look at the video. And if they see you there, that's a digital door knock turbo charge. So I think these are the little things, that little sneak preview, the making sure that you front up and present. Now, I'm not saying you've got to stand there the whole video in every room, which I have seen some agents do, which is a little bit egocentric. But I'm just saying, at very least, top and tail it. You know, I'd like to show you in this property, it's, you know, and, and don't just describe it, don't just have a three-bedroom, two-bathroom. You know, what I really love about this home is it's got an incredible atmosphere, so you're going to have to come and look at it, but, you know, and you tell the story, right? And then you say, anyway, let's go inside and have a look. Then the videographer goes in, does their stuff, and maybe at the end you'd, you're in the backyard and you say, great, well, I hope you like that, but why don't you come have a look at it in person? Mm. So you should be confident, and by the way, you don't have to be perfect at it. In nowadays, most people that follow social media and most videos. I mean, that's why you've been incredibly successful, Tom. It's authentic. It's not, you know, highly polished and sure. It's professional, but
0: it's real and authentic. And I think that's what people are looking for. So, I remember John Gav Gav Rubenstein came over. Susan, remember the night when Gavin came over to do the uh, Sunday night rant, and um, you know, Gav came in and he said, "Oh, looked at the studio and." Tried to look for cameramen and that, and he said, "You know, where's the cameraman?" And I sort of said, "Well, we're here, Gab. This is it. It. <laughs> this is it. No makeup here, mate." And you know, and um, and I like, look, I
2: don't critique people that want to do a really professional job, but I think it's potentially unnecessary and a barrier because some people say, oh, "I don't have the budget to do that every Sunday night and pay a videographer." Well, buy one of those thirty-nine-dollar little iPod. What do you call it? St- tripod. tripod. Yeah, yeah, stick it on and practice it and practice it, and then put a rough one out, and it'll get better and better. Or do what Pete does, just lift, hand it out the front. You can't get any easier than that.
0: I want to give a big congratulations also because a lot of you in this room, I follow your content. I mean, I might not sit there and comment on everything, but I sort of do stalk a few of the people from this class to see you know, where they're at with things, and I can't get over the amount of people in this room that in the last three to four months have embraced live stream, right? Right. I see you there constantly, see Shane there, by the way, congratulations, I reckon you lost this guy here's lost 30 kilos in the last 60 days, 30 30 kilos, Shane, you're not shy he gives himself a clap, (laughs) 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 right, so, uh, at the back there, Catherine does her live stream, how often, every, every Saturday morning. one minute update you know I've got to tell you everything's hard before it's easy and I think a lot of people don't do live stream or shoot video because they worried what other agents yeah. are going to think about them you know yeah. and they're concerned that so uh, let John interesting because one of the great and you know, fr- I'm, I'm not cutting
2: in on Fred's expertise here but it's sort of just some of the stuff he's taught over the years is you know, ego is one of your major and, and you're right Tom people think oh what if what are my competitors going to say about it forget it mm. just do it just like Pick the phone up and do it, and you'll see that it will give you, yield some great results. I think Um, the other thing
1: is that it's a layered approach. So if you're going out with a social media post, then you've got a video, then you've got a market update, then you're doing a property video, there's more reasons for people to connect with you. It becomes easy to find you. Then they see a signboard. Then they see a GL in the letterbox. You can't just have a one trigger approach that is a video strategy, and you can't do one video once a month.
2: Well, you think about, exactly right, you think about how many times you watch an ad on telly until you realise what it's about. Yeah, you know it's going to be a product or you can drive past a signboard every day for 30 days and what is that damn product you know and you're right so it's sometimes you know we're all busy and they say there's I think 6,000 ads they say we're bombarded with daily Um, but at some point you see one and you get intrigued or you see it in the two different
0: formats and then all of a sudden it's on social media, it's on the billboard, it's
2: so, I mean yeah. marketing
0: works in, in combination, it doesn't work in isolation, I mean there's one thing that happens and then there's another thing that happens and sometimes people won't even remember where they first found out about you or the property, all they know is there's this other uh, touch point that's happened. I want to move on, the lead capture is pretty much things, and I won't spend too much time about that, but at some point you've got to have a decent system to capture the information because memory is a shit system, right? Memory is, is is not a great system to say, oh, I've got to remember these people in six months' time. And a lot of people have got decent systems. They enter at an open house. Some people pull out, you know, agent box or this is not about endorsing any CRM system. I think they're all good. They need humans to work systems and humans rarely work them or whether it's home Pass that you're putting it into or what have you. But I want to talk about John and Troy. Once you've actually got... You know, you've met some people, you've got their details, they like you, they're not ready to do business. This process of staying in contact with people in real estate without having commission breath. This ability to be able to sort of be on the shopping list at some point, stay in touch with people, and um, this nurturing system. How do you how do you stay front and centre in people's lives without being a pain?
2: Yeah, I think you've got a fi- good point. You've got to find the balance between... Spam and overuse, and you know, they, I don't remember who you are, so somewhere in the middle there. And, and I think that again, combination of email, um, some video if you were doing a monthly market review of what's happening in the area, I would see and emailing that to your client base, I'd see that's very targeted and relevant to that market, and they would appreciate it. If you're sending out a weekly unsolicited in some fashion, that might become too onerous unless they're active in the market at that point in time. So I think, um, you know, the frequency for me would be you need a personal touch at least once a year, if not twice. So that would be a phone call, if not a face-to-face. Um, and I'll tell you about Troy and I spoke to Todd Duncan, who's at mm-hmm. ARIC, um, next month. We, hi- we got some good insights from him. I think um, a, a fairly regular update, it's, got, it's about content that's valuable and relevant to them. I think. So if you're serving up valuable, relevant content, you're probably going to get pretty good cut through as long as it's not too much. So Todd Duncan, who is speaking at ARIC, and he used to be one of the best finance brokers on the planet, and he said that every one of his clients got an annual finance health check from him. So he'd ring up and say, Tom, it's been 12 months since you took your loan, or it's been three years. Just wanted to think, well, I just grab you for 15 minutes because I want to make sure we've still got the best product. I want to touch base, see if you think you're buying anything else. Upgrading or whatever, just so I can be prepared in advance. And he said, the same in real estate. He said, I don't know why people don't give you an annual real estate checkup. Just want to let you know what's happening in the market. I'll give you an updated value on what your place is likely worth in today's market. It won't be a formal valuation, but I'll just print off some comparables. If I could just pop around for 15 minutes. So, yeah, that would be a really great. Value add once a year activity, in John, my opinion.
0: You, you spoke with him, and it's funny you've brought his name up because Tom Ferry, who I um, ran into when I was in London a few weeks ago, I said to Tom, "Mate, we would have done anything to have had you uh, back again." And he said to me, "Oh, mate, you've got someone better." Mm, yeah, I know. Right? Rate, he rates him highly. Mm-hmm. You've got someone better. So, who? What's his? Who, who is this guy? So, Todd
2: Duncan. I met him through John Simon at Aussie Home Loans when I spoke at a conference in Melbourne, probably years ago and, and so John invited me down to speak there and, and he said this guy is the best mortgage broker on the planet and, and he trains our guys. You know, not, not monthly he comes across every three or six months and I watched him speak that day and I was knocked out by his delivery and his content. And so I've been following him ever since and kind of looking to find a, an opportunity and a timing that worked for both to come to ARIC and this year worked really well. So um, yeah, he's been the number one trainer in the mortgage market for a long time he's now kind of extended that into real estate it's all the same okay. it's all the same now building trust staying in touch all the sort of things okay